Travels with John Smith, Year One, Chapter Five, Food and Halloween. It is an end of the world day here today. This is when everything outside appears grayish, white, foggy, and dull. There is a chill in the air, as if the dead have begun to crawl out of their graves. I know this sounds dramatic, but this is what it feels like. It seems to happen a lot here now, like a hint of what winter will be like. It is either sunny and the air is warm, like the promise of spring, or it is an end of the world day. Sometimes it feels like a reflection of how I am feeling on that day. It is easy to stay inside on days like that, indulge myself, and hide away, which I sometimes do. The boxes we sent back in the beginning of July with our winter clothes still haven't arrived. I'm not sure what I put in them anymore, but I hope there's something warm and useful as the weather is changing. And the shops are now full of wonderful sweaters, coats, and funky boots, most of which, as I mentioned before, are too small. If the boxes come, it will feel like I have new clothes. I do remember putting a top hat and a sequin jacket with a peace sign on the back of it in the box. I'm sure they will be useful. I try to go out even on end of the world days because every time I go out, I am energized by the people here. If anyone out there wants to know what it feels like to be a rock star, come to China. People beat their horns at us almost every day as if to say, Hey, I see you. And it always makes me jump. John and I, like all foreigners here, are stared at everywhere we go. And it is hard to get away with scratching your bottom or picking your nose. We are asked to pose for photos with strangers on a regular basis. People will wave, smile, and say hello just because we are obviously foreigners. An older lady offered to share the orange she was eating on the bus the other day, and I wasn't even sitting beside her. John looked worried that I might take her up on the offer. We'll say more about that later. The small mall next door has a big sign in front of it that says Halloween Patty. At first I thought someone had named the party after me, but I just went past in the bus and noticed someone had added tape to the first T to try and make it into an R. It's Halloween day. I am out looking for a black scarf so I can make a nun costume. I will use my white sheets under the scarf. Three different groups of young women are following me around, giggling every time I speak to any of them, especially when I ask if any of them speak English to help translate. There is so much giggling and laughter, I wonder if my slip is showing. When we go back to Canada, it will be hard to go back to just being another face in the crowd. Halloween is not generally celebrated here, but most of the schools that are in the business of teaching English, and therefore the cultural aspects of some Western countries, will have a party. 
Here at Maple Leaf School, the teachers dress up, and most of the kids do too, during the day at school. And tonight, there will be a party in the gym. I make a giant cross with cardboard and aluminum foil and hang it on a rope so my costume is complete. We are in the gym at the school Halloween party, and it appears to be like any other high school Halloween party in the West, except for one thing. Chinese kids don't dance with each other. They clear a space in the middle of the floor, and some of the boys take turns breakdancing. A group of girls do a kind of synchronized dance to a dreamy Chinese song, and everyone crowds around to watch both of these performances. The dance floor is now empty, and no one dances freestyle. We try to inspire them, me with my 70s disco moves, John with 70s rock moves, to no avail. We are told that every year the teachers, who are all a lot younger and cooler than us, try to lead by example, but the kids do not want to dance like that. We are back at Maodien, a place we now come to often. This is the night market we came to when we first moved here, and our imaginations took over, thinking there was lots of strange stuff, but it's pretty good and very cheap, and not strange at all. It is a 20-minute walk from the school and is one of our favorite places to come. Many of the stalls are run by families, and we have our favorite. We stop at one stall to buy watermelon shakes. Then we go to our favorite stall and sit down on the plastic chairs at one of the long tables behind the barbecue. They barbecue vegetables and sometimes fish and lamb kebabs with a spicy oil they brush on while cooking it. We buy some spicy edamame and fried dumplings from the stall next door and order some barbecued lamb, mushrooms, potatoes and eggplant from our family. The father usually does the cooking. His wife takes and delivers our order and the two little boys sit at a table close to the front doing their homework. Every stall has a specialty, so sometimes we go to the other stalls and bring back roasted chicken or steamed dumplings or hot and dry noodles to this stall. But we always order something from them too as they let us sit at their tables. The restaurant's try to be Western are usually disappointing and have imitations of what they think Western food is, but it's never quite right. We recently went to a steakhouse and the pictures looked like we were in for a treat, but you had to have it with either a pepper gravy sauce or another sauce which turned out to be a disguise of the taste and possibly a good thing, because it was not the T-bone or sirloin promised. John observed the steak was about the width of a thin edge of the menu. He has also noted that there is a particular taste that seems to be in everything, but we don't know what it is, a spice of some kind. 
He calls it the taste of China. Now a teacher's bus going back to Metro Shopping Center after payday so everyone can stock up on their favorite foreign foods. The last time we went to Metro, we bought about 600 RMB, which is about $100 Canadian, worth of cheese, a block of mozzarella, feta, various cheddars, gruyere, etc., and about 2,000 RMB more on various Western items, just the things that are hard to find, if not impossible to find, in Chinese grocery stores. That said, I am grateful for the amazing fruit and vegetables here. Long, skinny, and large, completely round versions of aubergine, or otherwise known as eggplant in Canada. Fresh bamboo shoots, the most amazing array of mushrooms of every kind, most of which would be very expensive anywhere else, but not here. Gorgeous big red onions, red and green peppers of every variety, from spicy to very spicy in every shape and size, every kind of fresh chili, long, fat, crunchy white radishes and roots of every description, fresh soya beans, edamame, beautiful cloves of garlic that don't have the separation in between, a large grapefruit-like thing that is double or triple the size and sweetness of a normal grapefruit, hawthorns, I am crazy about these, uh, fresh, they are sour like crab apples, but they make them into a dried pressed fruit that's kind of like a candy, or they skewer them and put a lot of a kind of syrup on them like a candied apple, um, and lots of other fruits and vegetables that I do not know the name of. We've also discovered a kind of thin pretzel called pokies that is dipped in different flavors, blueberry, chocolate, vanilla, etc., that is our new movie treat. Movies are hard to find in English, and as I mentioned above, all we have is one Chinese channel. There are some shops where you can buy movies and TV shows pretty cheap, about a dollar a movie. We are watching a movie we bought in a marketplace, and they are usually very bad quality. This one is in Russian, and you can see people walk past whoever is filming it in the cinema and hear people coughing. We try to watch it anyway, but it is an insult to the people who made it, so we give up. We are in a big mall looking for a little shop we have been to before. There's a lady who has good quality DVDs that we discovered, but she got shut down by the police. We see her calling to us from a doorway. She now has what looks like a shoe store, and she has shoe boxes full of videos. The boxes are closed and out of sight, but if she sees a foreigner, she will call them over and show them what's in the box, all the while keeping an eye on the door. It is a test for my creativity to make versions of meals that are close to the things we like to eat without the right ingredients. 
John comes into the flat saying, It smells so good in the hallway, and I thought to myself, I hope that is coming from our place. We sit down to a lunch that is pretty tasty, if I do say so myself, and he says, This is full of tactile oral pleasures. It is lovely to cook for such an appreciative recipient. We are sitting in a Mandarin class. The grade 12 students are running for teachers and their spouses. It is November, and my Mandarin does not feel like it is getting any better. The students give us names of places and numbers of the buses that go there. We don't have any of the buses they mention close to the school. Claire, the student who leads our Mandarin class, is in one of John's math classes, and she is a good teacher and obviously very intelligent. There are also volunteers sitting beside each of us, giving us extra help. They are so adorable and keen to help. I don't want to let any of them down, but I fear I will. It's the weekend, and we are out and about, jumping on one of the buses near us, hoping it will take us to find a connection to the buses we talked about in our class, so we can go to a place called East Lake, Dong Hu, which is meant to be a, a big lake in the center of the city. We find one of the buses mentioned, but a girl who speaks English on the bus tells us we should get off at the next stop and it will be a short walk. We are now walking beside a body of water, and since Wuhan is about 30% water, this is not surprising. But we decide we must be at the wrong part because this is a busy, dusty road that has no sidewalk and not the beautiful lake that was described to us. John insists on walking behind me. He says it will cushion the blow if a car hits us from behind. This is not enjoyable at all. So we give up and walk back to an area that is called Sports City. There are a couple of stadiums and concert halls here. So we have a look around. John has gone into a building that has a sign outside that says Annual Mind Games. And a pretty girl, who looks about 12, but I suspect she's about 18, starts talking to me. She shows me a picture of a chessboard, Chinese checkers, etc., and explains this is what mind games are. And she says she's performing in the evening opening ceremonies. Her name is Betty, and when I say mine, she giggles and says, Betty? Oh, it's almost the same. How adorable. She asks if we, if we want to watch the rehearsal, which is happening right now. So we go in and she shows us to some front row seats. It is a wonderful traditional Chinese display of various synchronized movements involving dragons, martial arts, umbrellas, fans, and handheld lights to music. The songs are pretty high-pitched but dreamy Chinese songs. So we are treated to this free concert, and it is yet another example of what it is like to be a Westerner here. 
We notice we are the only ones in the building without a security clearance badge, wandering about freely wherever we want. On the days when I am without computer in the flat, with nothing but a guitar, I have nothing else to do but write and play, so I have finished five songs that were waiting for my attention. Tonight I cook and we have a jam with the teachers who play music. Bach plays guitar, Bryn plays bass, John on harmonica, and I sing lead or harmonies when one of the guys wants to sing a song. Megan, Bach's wife, is our audience. I teach them my songs and they sound great. It looks like we might have a band. Hopefully we will do it again. There are exams this week at the Maple Leaf School, and the teachers have to take turns invigilating each other's exams in various classrooms. Today, while invigilating, John announced to the students that something would happen at 11 minutes after 11 o'clock that would not happen again for another 100 years. The students have to hand in their phones at the beginning of the exam to reduce the possibility of cheating, but John asked one of them to set an alarm on it to let the others know when it was time for the special moment. At 11 minutes past 11 o'clock, the student's alarm went off, and John pointed out to the class that right then it was the 11th minute of the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month of the 11th year. He did a count-up from 1 to 11 to get the 11th second of the minute as well. At number 11, the class erupted with a mighty cheer. A second later, they went back to work on their papers. Fantastic. Two exciting things happened yesterday. Number one, I got a taxi, and for the first time since I got here, the driver understood the address without having to repeat it. I did not have to show the card with the address on it, which is now looking worse for wear. And number two, the boxes came, and I did luckily add a couple of warm items in with the sparkly jacket and the top hat.